We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters where we're recording from, the Awabakal and Wanarua peoples. We acknowledge the Awabakal and Wanarua elders, both past and present. Now Andrew Johns. Sights a little hole himself, he's great for reaches, and that's a title Andrew Johns. Great streak from the little halfback, and that's a good reward for a great game. It is Abu Mack for the Newcastle Knights in first grade. Andrew Johns scores the try, and that should wrap it up for the Knights. Coming to you live from Awabakul and Wanarua lands, you are listening to the Bay 53 podcast, a podcast created by the fans from the best and most fun supporters bay at McDonald Jones Stadium, home of the mighty Newcastle Knights. We are your hosts, Brett O'Shank and the K-Dog, where we will give you our takes and insights into all things Newcastle Rugby League, including the men's NRL, NRLW, local rugby league, QRL, Indigenous footy, junior footy, and everything else. Bretto, can you believe that we are here? How has the world come to this, that you and I have been given an opportunity to broadcast our opinions on rugby league? I can only assume that COVID's killed off every good podcaster in the world, and they look at us. <laughs> well, if it's a case of people listening to the um, best of what's left, then I'm glad that we are what's left. Um Bretto, with a Bay 53 podcast, we sit in Bay 53. It's the best bay in uh, McDonald Jones Stadium, as far as you and I are concerned. Um, yeah, tell us, uh, tell tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what brought us together. Well, we started out trashing each other. If I remember correctly on Twitter. Correct. I, I remember it was it started out quite violent on Twitter between the two of us. And we started to realise that the clashes were because we both loved the Knights and love footy. Yep. And then um, as we sort of become mates and started chatting footy, we decided to meet up and that happened to be out the back of old Bay 53. Bay 53 drinks where all of the fun is happening before the games. Now, I have to give a shout out to um, a longtime friend and I've got no doubt a future listener, the Maitland Mumbler. He was uh, he was the one that started the magic for me because he re- he one day reached out and said, "Oh mate, um, do you want to have a drink before one of the games?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And lo and behold, we found out that we were sitting a few rows apart from each other, and uh, <laughs> he was like, "Oh, you're the one that makes all the noise." So um, and yeah, <laughs> as you said, it's just sort of all um, all taken off from there. So, but, le- but think- let's not kill the lead, mate. That first meeting started the night six game win streak. <laughs> that is yeah, no, that is absolutely against the Eels in twenty. 20- 19. And I had absolutely every belief that we were going to lose that game. I've I'd never been so convinced of a loss in my life. And um, but yeah, lo and behold, we managed to to string a few together. Um, the halcyon days of 2019. Why are we doing this? It's it's not like there aren't enough podcasts in Newcastle, as it were. Um, why would uh, why would uh, the biggest tiger, our our benefactor and good friend? want to uh, give us the opportunity to send our recordings out for the world to listen to. Honestly, mate, I think it's just that we are you Joe Blow average idiotic fan. Like, you know, our opinions are no better than anybody else's and we understand that and we just speak from the heart and off the top of the head, you know, how much we love the Knights and we love footy. And I think people will react to that really well. You know, we're going to invite the fans along with us. We're not going to do this all by ourselves. It's going to be a big joint operation and – We've got some guys that we chat with, you know, 
pretty much all the time out the night. So we might do that with a bigger crew this time. Yeah, and look, we we really do want to give a, a big thank you to Big T. I think um, I think when he first approached us about this, it was hot off the back of uh, a heartbreaking loss to the Eels to end our season last year. And I think you and I just wanted to sort of let the dust settle on on twenty twenty one, see how we felt about something. Um, we didn't want to commit or overcommit. Sorry, if we if we couldn't you know give it a hundred percent. But yeah, I think I think the more we thought about it, and the more you and I sort of chatted about it, and I went, well, "Do you want to do this?" And you went, "Well, yeah. Do you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think I really do." And um, it's as you said, we just we just love talking about the nights. Like it's one of those things where we're always messaging each other back and forth, and um, we're in what I think is one of the best chat groups in uh, in Newcastle. But we'll get to them later, and we're, we're always just back and forthing about the nights. And I just thought, yeah. You know, we actually do have some good stuff here that will at least some uh, some interesting opinions that I reckon the, uh, other people might want to listen to. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to have a bit of fun this year and um, hopefully the nights won't make it too heartbreaking as we as the year pans out. Yeah, well, that, that's that's the main thing, isn't it? You know, the pod's going to go sort of go as the team goes. You know, if it's a disastrous year, I don't, I don't see that's going to be the easiest ride for us, but we'll ride it out and we'll see how we go. Bretto, it's either a raging success or a uh, unmitigated disaster where the Knights are concerned, and I've got no doubt that um, that uh, Bay Fifty Three podcast will, will be exactly the same. Down the blind, Andrew John inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle have won the grand final. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into it, um, and let's uh, let's chat about some of the uh, late and breaking news when it comes to the Newcastle Knights. Yeah. Bretto, the new year had not even barely started before the Knights were um, telling us that we needed to get used to the idea of further further departures. Alex McKinnon's left, Stafford Toa left, and then. Uh, as it, it, because these things all come in threes, Jaden Braley decided that um, he'd uh, left to a certain extent as well with a, uh, a long-term injury. Who would want to be a Knights fan, mate? Not me, mate. Not me. <laughs> it, was, it was seriously a week ago. We got, how good does it feel? You know, there's no major injuries. There wasn't any big off-season surgeries. <laughs> stable off the field. Unbelievable. So we'll, we'll kick it off with, I mean... Any other any other fan base, they'd be like, well, our halfback's gone. Um, our star player is um, constantly in the media about whether he's going to leave. Uh, we've lost a player to another club. We've lost one of our major cap- one of our captains to long term injury. Any other um, fan base, you'd be like, well, that's a pretty big off season. But for the night for the Knights, that's just um, that's just part and parcel of the of the uh, course for being a Knights fan. Oh, yeah, so- it's a pass. It's a pass. We've had far worse off season than this. This is a well, pass. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, yeah, this is nothing. Um, let's talk about Alex McKinnon. Um, he'd been in the role for a few years. He was uh, junior and sort of recruitment um, assistant, I guess. Um, and he decided that uh, his path lay elsewhere. And um, he's decided that he's finishing up his time with the Knights. Yeah, you know, you sort of understand it from Alex's sort of personal perspective. You know, he's got young kids. Yep. His his wife's, you know, starting off in her teaching career. Yep. He's got other goals he wants to get to in life. I'm sure that 
the recruitment sort of job in football as a 24-7 type thing. Yep. If you're not actually at work, I'm sure you're taking calls, getting messages, thinking about it all the time because us as fans are doing that, aren't we? So, you know, I'm sure yeah. the guys actually in those roles are doing it and he decided to go go his own way, do his own thing and put some more time into his family. So good luck to him. Look, I, I think he sort of uh, – the impression I get is that he very much leaves um, on his own terms. Uh, there's no bad blood between him and the club. And uh, and look, oh, no, you know, he'll, he'll be for he'll be forever a legend at our club. You know, that's exactly right. Everyone loves him. You know, he's 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 not he's not your Joey Johns, your chief for what he's done on the field, but he probably means as much to the club as those guys do. Yep, I um I think uh, I think Alex's um you know I guess legacy for lack of a better word is um yeah you're right. It's always going to be strong with the club. He's always going to be um close to our hearts, and uh, yeah, we absolutely wish Alex. Nothing but the best for the future. So we've gotten used to that idea of, um, you know, one club legend sort of leaving or at least one important part of our club heading off. And then um, I think, what was it, 24 hours later, rumours started emerging that uh, Stafford Toa, he was going to leave the club and he was going to leave immediately. Bam! West's Tigers recruit. Did not see that coming at no? all. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I didn't see it coming. I was I was shocked when I first. I think I first saw it uh, on Twitter uh, the night before the Tigers announced it, and uh, I was like, mm, "This this doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen." But I was very much wrong. Yeah, and obviously, you know, they've been going on for weeks because you've got to negotiate the ending of the contracts, who's liable for what in this year's money. So there's a lot of negotiation in releasing a player. So it's been going on for a while, and it's amazing that it doesn't get out at all. That's actually a fair point that you make. You know, the Knights um, historically uh, leak like a uh, old old wooden sort of rusty old ship uh, at the best of times. So the fact that they were able to keep this uh, under wraps. You know, yeah, the Knights and the Tigers keeping it yeah. out of the media. Like, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> the two clubs least likely to keep it out of the media. Yeah, other clubs could learn a thing or two. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Look, for me personally, I think it's a disappointing loss. I think the potential was absolutely there for Star to be, um, well, Star, as it were. Yeah. Um, I think COVID probably hurt him a little bit to a certain extent, but I don't think he was alone in that over the last couple of years. My my personal opinion, the K-Dog's opinion on it, is that, look, he had, a couple, he had two years to establish himself. It didn't happen. It's probably a good move for both parties. He gets a fresh start. And um, you know we look to replace, so I, I think it's a win-win for both both sides on this. Yeah, yeah, it stings a little because as he was coming through the grades, he was coming through with Bradburn, and you know they were the two young outside backs mm. that were gonna you know, mm. transform the Knights into this speedy try-scoring machine, and it hasn't worked mm. for Star, and it's it's just been bad timing really for Star. You know, Tuala got his run; he's he sort of done the most with his chance. Yep, Heimel's come in and done a great job. Obviously, Bradman's locked down his spot. Um, Star's a really good fullback. He was a fullback in the juniors, and obviously that spot's not available anymore. Yep. And even if KP does move, well, then there's others probably in line for fullback ahead of Star. Yep. So so he, you get it from his perspective. The Knights obviously don't see a point of having a guy on the sort of, you know, they've got a huge money, but he'd be on, you know, $250,000, $300,000 to be your fourth or fifth choice outside back uh, winger. So. The, the club are more than, you know, within their rights to go, well, we're not going to spend that on a guy that's not going to play really very often. But it could come to hurt us. We get a few injuries and we're playing some kid that's, you know, very inexperienced. We're going, well, geez, Star would be handy, but you can't keep him more, can you? 
Uh, Barry Tui, and we do wish you well in retirement, Barry, but even he was tweeting um, shortly after the Toa announcement that uh, the cards seem to be reading that uh, Edric Lee is looking good to be fit and healthy for the season to jump into that top And he's a no-brainer he's fit because he's going to come on minimum money. You know, That's exactly right. He's an absolute no-brainer he's fit. And this is the thing is that an, a fit Edric Lee in that top 30 – well, that would have pushed Stafford uh, even further down the Yeah, that's right. Water. You know, you've got, obviously, Tuala and Hullaby are starting wingers at the moment. You know, Dobbins probably third choice. And then, yeah, Edric's easily a fourth choice if he's fit. Yep. And probably third and probably third choice, maybe even second if he's fit. If he, he's an origin winger at the end of the day. So, Stafford, we do wish you also all the best. Um, we hope things go well. And, look, to be honest with you, the way the Tigers usually perform against us, we look forward to saluting your hat-trick at McDonald Jones Stadium when you visit in round two. Absolutely. But, but hopefully it's only because you got beat 50 to 18. <laughs> <laughs> but, Bretto, after getting over the heartbreak of Stafford Toa leaving the fold... Just when we thought that the that the, uh, the hard-hitting, harsh, saddening news could come to an end, the most heartbreaking story of the summer for Knights fans was word filtering through that Jaden Braley, hooker and co-captain, had suffered an Achilles injury as a result of a non-contact impact. Out for up to six, potentially, uh, hopefully only six months Achilles torn, surgery had, heartbreak for Knights fans. All Knights reminded while we're dead inside. <laughs> it's like, hard to die even more when you've already uh, when you've already lost that love, that passion. Like, he, he was bulletproof at Cronulla. He comes here, does an ACL in round two the first year. You know, he's, he's had a fit year last year. We thought, oh, beautiful, this is our guy. This is our hooker for the next 10 years. Yep. Build the attack around him, yep. and he will be all that, but he won't be for the next six months. The good news, if they're, I mean, you wouldn't, you'd never say the the good news when it comes to a long term injury like this, but certainly the positive that you can take out from it, Bretto, and I, I'm sort of stepping on your toes a little bit here, is the fact that he's done it two months before the start of the season, as opposed to two or three weeks into the season. Yeah, so, yeah. That, that that was my th initial thought straight away was if this was round three, four, something like that, this is a disaster. Yeah. For two reasons. You're obviously purely from the from week one, you're missing games. Yep. But also you've got no time to prepare. At least we've got two months to either get Chris Randall, one of those guys ready to play yep. hooker or yep. go to the market if we need to. And, you know, and you've got two months of rehab you know, without losing any games. So it's in what's a really, really crap situation. It's probably as good as we could have hoped. Bretto, you know me. I'm nothing but positive at the best of times. I'm Absolutely. Mr. Positive in every way, shape or form, but I'm going to take a glass half empty even on this and say, is there going to be too much damage done to the Knights' chances of doing something at the end of the year by the time Jaden comes back? He is a well, crucial the... part of our team. And even if he comes, even if he misses... 12 rounds, only 12 rounds, are we going to be in a position where that's going to make much of a difference him coming back? Can I ask you a question then in regards to how this plays out? So the first half of our year is tough. It's real tough. Yep. You know, you could easily look at that and see the game with Jaden playing, you know, we could quite easily be two and six. Yep. But be coming home like a train, you know, if we're fit because we've got a pretty favourable back end of the season. Mm. If we, you know, if we still go in and after Jaden's out and we, we're four and eight, 
I don't think we're dead, do you? Look, I do. But having said that, I sort of, I mean, I thought I thought we were dead. I thought we were dead from about round six last season. And I was happily proven wrong when we managed to string sort of five wins together towards the end of the season to get us uh, into seventh and um, and maintain at least a non-losing record under Adam O'Brien. Um but we need to be mo- like as a club. We need to be moving forward. I was, yeah, I was saying yeah, to- yeah, absolutely. That that's for me. That's the the disappointing factor that I thought we could really give, you know, the top sort of five a nudge this year. So here, and- here's the thing. Here's the thing. We were one and six against teams above us last year. Now there's a couple yeah. of things in that. First of all, we only had to play seven games out of a potential, you know, upwards of twelve games. I mean, we, so we finished seventh. There were six teams above us. You know, in a, in any other season, you might play every like those teams twice. So instead of playing twelve, we only played seven. So on the way the season finished last year, we actually had a relatively easy run over the course of the whole year to get into the finals. Now, of the teams that were above us, we only had that one win, and it was a magnificent win where Tex Hoy schooled uh, Tom Tabojevic at McDonald Jones Stadium, uh, and we beat Manly. But we, we we you know we rode our luck that day and we got the win. Any other time we were playing a top six team, we were dreadful. So, yeah. as a as a as a club, the idea of this year was that you know anything below sixth is just not good enough. So, yeah. you lose you lose Jaden Braley. Okay, he comes back halfway through the season. We're four and eight. We're up against it again. What are you aiming for if you're four and eight with the second half of the season? They go. Is it just to make the finals? Is it still to aim for that top four? Are it's, you just hoping it's to make you can the do- finals? But we need to be hitting the finals in top form and winning some finals. Yes. Yes. So my, I guess, so my, my biggest concern with the Jaden Braley injury is not so much. Well, no, actually this is my second biggest concern. My biggest concern is actually the impact it's going to have on potentially losing Kalen Ponga, but that's a whole other story. But I guess one of my biggest concerns is that you lose a key player like that. We, we actually, you know, a lot of people won't agree with it, but I think the club did have some momentum moving forward. We were on the improve. This was the year that, you know, we really were supposed to cash in on that. And this is a big problem. This is just a big problem, whichever way you look at it. And uh, it could have some fairly huge, like big ramifications um, in a fair few different directions. Yeah. And it's sort of, it's hard to put into words. But the, the, whole thing, the whole thing is that hooker has become such an important position that the entire both attack and really defensive structures get built around your hooker, where he stands, where what he does. Yep. And Jaden obviously is co-captain as well, so there's that leadership aspect to it all. And as Knights fans, we just think, well, the team's going to drop their bundle because that's yeah. what the Knights do. Yes. That's what that's what we did that last year. You know, we put up that abysmal performance at Magic Round because we were missing plenty of guys. That's what the Knights do. Yeah. So this is now on the coach, the coaching staff, the club, everybody involved in the organisation, and the fans do to show up every week and support the boys. This is, has to be where we turn around. Bredo, one of the things I love watching, uh, one of the things I love about watching footy with you is that you're very much the canary in the coal mine when it comes to the Knights. Like, you know, you you uh, you always know when we're going to win, when we've shown up, or when something really bad is about to happen. And... Um, I uh, I specifically remember, uh, I think, a war- the Warriors game in 2020. The Tamworth um, game? The Tamworth game. 
And I think after the first set, you messaged me and said, we're not here today. And so the reason I say all of that is that, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, you know, we're going to get to it later, but we, we, you and I sort of had our um, had our philosophy or our motto for the year. And you're right. What's happened to Jaden Braley is a massive opportunity now for the for the team for the club to say um, we're stronger. We're, we're stronger than the team that you've known, and we can rise above this. Yeah, and then that and that's the point. It's not even about wins and losses. Yeah, you've got to win to keep in finals contention. Yep. But are they going to come every week against those good sides we play early on? Roosters yeah. round one, perfect example, and go, you're not going to walk over us today. Yeah, it's how you win. It's how yep. you lose. It's how you compete. Yep. Absolutely. You know, uh, and, and as much as those wins at the back end of last year were ugly, I, I enjoyed them because it was a different mentality to our club. Very true. We played quite poorly in a lot of those games. We just found a way, and that's not the Knights. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. You know, and then that's where I was building my confidence for this year. I was like, well, if we just get the – the other stuff to click, you know, those rough edges to be smoothed off a little bit will yeah. go well here because the mentality's changed. We'll it's, find out. It's so funny what you're saying, mate. We really are. We're definitely not normally a club that uh, plays ugly and finds the way to win. We're the we're the club that plays ugly and finds the way to lose. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. That was yep. a that was a big heartening um, part of last year, mate. We're um I, I could talk about the injury to Jaden Braley all day, but. Um, uh, there, there actually are other things that have happened to the Knights, so we'll um, we'll sign off on that for the moment. Just quickly though, uh, Jacob Kiras, he's like he, he was a sort of almost an epilogue of departures, as it were. But off to the Bulldogs. Yeah, um, obviously he'd been promoted in the top thirty last year because we had a few guys out. There was a spot available, mm. and apparently he's got a lot of potential because of no lower grades. We just haven't seen him. We, we don't yeah. know what he was, what he could be. It's one of those things you've just got to trust the club there. Yeah, and it, look, it's as I was saying before, COVID has done has probably done a lot of damage to a lot of players' careers over the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, for uh, for a variety of reasons, um, but you know, he, he's like um, he's like anyone else who's who's moving on. We wish Jacob uh, all the best with his future endeavours, and um, yeah, all the best with um, all the best with the Bulldogs. I I, I do like the fact that when uh, when his departure was announced, it wasn't um, you know junior sort of um edge first grader the mole the mole referred to him as uh, lebanese international yeah uh, yeah i was actually yeah. thinking it was going to be the guy that is the um uh just man saw lookalike yeah <laughs> i was expecting him to be the guy when i when i when i clicked onto it mate those are but a few of the departures uh we've saved the biggest one for last though uh and this was really the first major uh, off-season departure, the Mitchell Pierce era at Newcastle is over, and he's uh, he's taken his talents to Perpignan. Bredo, how do we rate, or how will the Mitchell Pierce years in Newcastle be described? Um, they won't be just described as a success. They can't. Correct. You can't. You can't call it a success when you've. But I think they were necessary. Yep. I think they've done their purpose. Yep. The when we were sold when Pierce first came, he was going to bring experience. He was going to bring on field leadership. He was going to attract players. All yep. those three things happened. Yep. Correct. The so was it a success? And that didn't happen. But three out of four, it's not a disaster, is it? 
That is no, I'm, I I completely agree with that. I think those la- I think going into those last five games of the season, uh, Mitchell Pearce had a winning percentage of about forty nine percent. Um, of games that he'd played for the night. So I think those last five games or five out of six games that he played um, pushed his uh, winning percentage for us above 50%. Here's my issue with that. Your, your, your half back needs to be better than just winning half the time. Yeah. You get paid too much money and you have too much say in, t- in what goes on on that field in scoring points to leave saying, well, you won half the games that I was there, so that's that should have been okay. It wasn't okay. It wasn't good enough. Yeah, and, and, on, and honestly, I think that Mitch would probably consider that too. I don't think Mitch would consider it a success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as much as Mitch is much maligned, he's a winner. Very much so. You know, he comes from a family of winners. You know, his dad was a winner. Yeah. He's a winner. There's no doubt about that with Mitch, and I think that – he wouldn't consider it a success, but I also yep. think that he he would know that he gave the club everything he had. And anyone True. that's honest with themselves would think would know that Mitch gave the club everything he had. True, Bretto, we um we did ask uh, uh we did ask for some of the opinions from uh, some of our followers on Twitter and uh, at Bay Pod sorry at Bay Fifty Three Pod you'll find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, we got a this was probably a, a fairly passionate. Uh, response from uh, from the troops, but uh, Mick Maher said it was just the right time. Uh, Matt Clark of one of the most famous double person Twitter accounts on the internet said that Mitch was the signing we needed, but um, he'd probably taken us as far as he was going to go with us. Jared Hoare agreed with Matt. Uh, good friend of the pod, uh, Harvey G, said that uh, he essentially said what you just said. Then um, Mitchell was uh, an important cog. Um, but he probably limited our ceiling a little bit. What's your take on that? Yeah, that's 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 the the take I would have to. Mitch created us to be we're a mediocre team. We're never going to be awful with Mitch in the team. Yep. We're never going to be great. Yep. Uh, Newy girl wishes <laughs> wishes it had happened sooner. And um, our good friend Arabella Zacchetto said that uh, Mitch had some good moments, but he was inconsistent and he probably under delivered on what we paid for him. Yeah. Brett, I, I was surprised at uh, the number of fans who probably agreed with us. Um, I thought there'd be a lot more people, um, which seems to be the opinion outside the club, which is that no Mitchell Pearce, no Newcastle Knights in 2022. Yeah, like, I don't get that. Like, I, I, I don't get the perspective in terms of, if you're saying you've lost your halfback and you're not replacing him, that's why you're going to go down. Yeah, fair point. Halfback, key position, any football team, no doubt. But we put up some of our best performances last year without Mitchell Pearce. Yep. We've shown that KP plays his best when he's got control of the team. Correct. You know, we've got we've brought Jake Clifford to the club to take over the Pearce role of organisation and kicking. I don't see where the drop-off comes other than you've lost your halfback, which, yeah, fair well, enough. Well, Bredo- Based on everything you've just said there, there's no role for Mitchell Pearce in that team anymore. No, that, that that's right. And that was shown last year that when Pearce and Clifford were on the field together, one of them did really have an impact because they were trying to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I um I still maintain that uh, one of the top five, top three moments of his career was um, uh, kissing the crest on the Newcastle badge in front of the new in front oh, of the I just love fans in Newcastle. About it. And um, so we'll always have that moment. 
Um, and yeah, look, I still remember at the time when Mitchell did sign for the club. It was a big get for us. Uh, he took a punt on us. He wanted to come. He w- come here. He wanted to build something. He probably didn't build what he wanted to. But I think over time, the legacy of Mitchell Pearce in Newcastle will be that he was the halfback that Newcastle needed. He just didn't take them where he wanted to. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Along with everyone else departing our, everyone's leaving our club, Brett. What is it? We're such a nice club. Why, why, why won't people stay? Um, along with everyone else who's departed, though, we do wish Mitchell the best uh, over in uh, over in France. Hopefully, he's still kicking on when the uh, 2025 World Cup comes around, and you and I can travel over there and um, go and have a um, go and have a, a red wine with him um, in the southern reaches of, of France. One thing I will say about Mitch's time at the club, of all the controversies, all the all the innuendo about Mitch off the field, yep, he never ever said a bad word about the club. Correct. He walked out with class. That's all I can ask. Yeah. No, and that's that's absolutely right. As we're recording this, um, Adam O'Brien actually spoke about the departure of Mitchell Pearce and the conversation that they had. And it was interesting to me, I don't Adam sort of spoke about it almost from the perspective of a son. You know, he, he really just wanted what was best for Mitchell, but you get the impression that Mitchell wanted what was best, obviously for himself, but for the club as well. Yeah. And, Mitch, uh, knew, Mitch knew the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Mitch, Mitch knew that the, if he got one more year, it would be just one more year. Yep. And, you know, under those circumstances, he thought, well, I can go and really, make a difference in France. So good luck to him. And it's a great opportunity in France as well. You know, it's sort of... Oh, he'll carve up. He will absolutely carve that competition to pieces. Correct. Correct. Okay, Bretto, we don't have a halfback. That's been the story. That's been a, a recurring theme with the Newcastle Knights for 15 years now. We do have one halfback, though, the greatest halfback of all time, the greatest player of all time. We've talked a lot about departures. Mate, let's talk about some returns. Bretto, the king has returned. How good is it to have our Andrew Joey Johns back amongst us? The heavens opened up, the birds oh, sang, the sun's been out ever didn't since. They? What? what a glorious time. I still remember, uh, I talk about it like it was 15 years ago, but I, I, I specifically remember the Widler tweet. It was yes. like reports are coming through that Andrew Johns is going back to Newcastle and... I have not been – I probably haven't been that excited about the club um, since back in the days that Joey was playing. And I say that because – and I tell this story from the get-go for people who are going to listen to our, our pod. I was one of the few that was not excited about Kalen Ponga. My cousin cousin said we were paying $600,000 a year for this young teenager from Townsville. And my response was, whoa. That's a pretty big punt to take on a kid. So uh, I haven't been this excited about a, someone coming to the club since Andrew Johns himself was a part of the club, and I'm I'm so excited. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm 15 or 10 years old again, just having Joey back amongst us. Yeah, and I'm sure the club feel that way too. I'm so sure it just feels right. It, it, it's um, I think the thing that I really liked about everything that Andrew said about his return in the media was when he said the time was just right. Yeah. You know, whatever people think about Andrew Johns, and whew, let me tell you, I've heard a lot about what people think about <laughs> Andrew Johns over the past few years. You can't quantify or properly understand 
the pressure that came with no sorry i retract that people don't like that word pressure you can't understand what it took to have to do the things that Andrew Johns did, being Andrew Johns in Newcastle at the time. People like to talk about the fishbowl existence. It was beyond that. This really was a guy. People sat outside his house to try and get a glimpse of him. Yes. It was it was the rock star treatment. He was he was the the Elvis Presley of 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 Newcastle. He couldn't go anywhere. He, he couldn't do anything. He was He was such a Tendulkar in India. Yes. Yes. That's that's sorry, that is the perfect example. And so I think it says a lot to me that Andrew said after 15 years, the time was just right for me to come back. That's how long it took him to recover from playing for the Newcastle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He needed 15 years to get his um, uh, emotional side, to get his uh, mental side in a place where he was like, it's right for me to go back. And I'm glad that he is back. Uh, one of the heavy criticisms, obviously, about our team last year was second worst attack in the league, and hopefully the greatest player to ever grace a rugby league field can come back and help us with that. And by all reports, that's exactly what he's doing, Bredo. Yeah, that same article you referred to earlier in the Telegraph was all about how they get down to O'Brien's house with the pool table and the pool balls, mm. and Joey just produces the magic. Yeah, As Adam says, it's like watching The Beautiful Mind. Yeah, I um, a good friend of the pod, um, and um, I sort of, I guess, an inspiration for what we're sort of doing. Uh, Nagy Nagwell from the um, uh, the Joust, which any Newcastle Knights rugby league fan would know about. He said something really interesting to me before we um before we we pressed record. He said one of the concerns about Andrew coming back to Newcastle was how he was going to operate with Adam O'Brien. The the the, yeah. the stories were already being written about how Adam O'Brien wouldn't be able to handle Andrew and Andrew wanted to do things his way and there were going to be disagreements. And if today's story is anything to go by, that could not be further from the truth. Absolutely. Well, the, the thing is when Adam came to Newcastle, the person besides obviously Robinson and Bellamy to give him a recommendation was Cooper Cronk. Yes. You know, Cooper said that I've never enjoyed working with the coach as much as I work like working with Adam. So I, my hope was that the Joey and um, Adam would have the same relationship as Cooper and Adam had. Yep. Going into, but obviously the pressure of the Knights aren't the Roosters. Yes. You know, the, the, it's easy to be really happy and everyone loving each other when you're winning every week. Yep. And that'll still be the test this year, you know. Is our attack stalling? You know, is the blame game going to happen? You know, is Joey going to go, well, these guys just can't do what I want them to do? Is Adam going to scapegoat people? You hey, know, it's... hey, look, look, look we, we like to think of ourselves as um, fair and balanced here at Bay 53 Podcast. Um, but let's put the blowtorch blow on Andrew. You know, everyone knows the larrikin Joey. Everyone knows the party animal Joey. Everyone knows the drug confession Joey. One of the... Um, characteristics of joey that uh, people don't talk andrew johns was a winner oh he was 100%. in a bad mood if he was not winning so yeah, a few, few losses few losses start piling up this year our attack isn't clicking andrew johns is not going to be happy nope nope, nope. so um and you can and we could get that when he's just commentating night games like how filthy would he get on us at times in his oh yeah oh yeah yeah he'd just be just be like you could almost hear him spitting at the tv screen you know like he was not impressed, especially at times last year when we were just wasting Kalen, and you could just hear his voice going, why are they not giving the ball to Kalen? Just it, give it, the ball to Kalen. It was reminiscent of his blow-up after one of the Origin games 
when Jonathan Thurston with a broken shoulder, oh, the shoulder yeah, barely yeah. had to make a tackle. Yeah. And he's just sitting there after the game going, there's your game plan. And yeah. that, that's almost exactly what he was like with, with yeah. the Knights last year. He's yeah. like, you guys do realise you've got a generational talent on the field, right? I don't understand why the ball isn't in his hands all of the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bredo, we've got Andrew um, back at the club. Mate, let's talk about our halves. We don't have a halfback. We've got a halves coach. Mate, who's he going to be working with? Who's going to be running out in six and seven for the Knights come uh, round one uh, at the SCG? Well, from what we've got on paper at the moment, assuming no one changes, it's got to be Clifford and Clune. And we've sort of come to the conclusion it'll be Clifford at seven, Clune at six. Uh, that's, that's, that's my sort of understanding. Uh, get on early, get on the bandwagon early while you can, everybody. They, we, this is the, the loony clunes and, uh, I'm all in on Adam. I've, I've actually copped a little bit of a pasting from, uh, from a few people thinking that I don't know what I'm talking about. And Brett, I will tell you better than anyone else. That is correct. But I do like supporting our players. And if the heartbroken dragons fans who have been flooding my DM DMs telling us what a good get we've got. Is anything to go by? Adam's going to do the job. Adam Clune, that is, is going to do the job for the Newcastle Knights when called upon. He was a Knights fan, mate. Just of course he's going to be great. I mean, why it didn't is... really with, didn't really work with Connor, but you know, second second time's a charm. But why isn't that the story? Why is the story? You know, bloke who couldn't get a, a run at first grade at Dragons is picked up by the Knights. Why isn't it? Boyhood fan comes home to play for the club he loves. There's your story. There's your good news story. For Coach boy's childhood hero. Absolutely. That's exactly right. So, um, look, I, I think it should be Clune and Clifford at um, at six and seven. But will that change now that there's no Jaden, at least for the first half of the season, at number nine? Do that, we need uh, more uh, experience? That that's 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 the issue. Is you know the club now go we can't have an inexperienced nine and an inexperienced six. Yep. Now he's he's putting too much on Jake and on Kalen. Yep. And we so have money to spend, so you know. Okay, so you've got Randall at nine. Then let's theoretically, and we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that issue more thoroughly later on. Um, Clifford has to be in there somewhere. If it's not Clune, I don't think it's Crossland. No, I think it? Crossland's now penciled in as a uh, forward. Correct. Whether it's Lock or Hooker, I think he's going to be a forward. Yep. So who is it? Say it, Bredo. Say it. <laughs> Come no. on. No. So, you know you want to. No. It's Brooks time. Come no. on. Let's. Let's. I can't. Let's... I can't. I can't publicly put it out there. Like I feel it. I. I really feel it. You know the whole Joey comparison. The fact yep. Joey loves him. I just. Yep. I. Oh, I can't put it into the universe. For 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 anybody who's listening, this who doesn't follow us on Twitter, they would know they you won't know that we will have to de- deactivate a fair few social um, <laughs> media accounts if Luke Brooks were to play for uh, the Newcastle Knights. But I'm all about it. I, I, he's a Dally M halfback of the year. He was Player of the Year for um, the Tigers last year. The talent is there. Put him in the Knights. Put. Get him feeding the ball to Kalen Ponga. Get him feeding the ball to Bradman Best, to Dane Gagai. Give, give, give Brooks the opportunity to say to these weapons, let's win a comp. Let's go out there and destroy because – yeah, okay, I'm on board. You got me. I'm on. I mean – Oh, it's just – and it's like you said, the boy, the boy, the next Joey – 
comes to Newcastle to be coached by him and delivers premiership. I mean, he's even got the barjars. Absolutely. Just, that barjars needs to be night shots. So, Luke Brooks, I know that you're going to be listening quite intently to this, but if you're not any recruitment managers for the Knights, we want it to happen. We are, we are on board with Luke Brooks to Newcastle. The naysayers can keep saying nay, and, um, yeah, I think I think he'd be a good fit. I think that he'd fit nicely into that uh, that top 30 squad. And the argument people always say, in sort of besides the fact everyone hates Luke Brooks, is the money. And the Knights yeah. aren't taking him. The Knights are not going to take him on big money. Correct. They're only going to take him if the Tigers are trying to get rid of him. Correct. Not gonna, we're not going to pay his full salary. It's just not going to happen. Bretto, the, um, the time is ticking away from us. I don't think we've resolved the halves pairing issue, but I don't think that's going to resolve. Besides Joey time. playing, obviously. Well, you know, if I still say that a that a half um, a half fit uh, 48 year old Andrew Johns is uh, still good enough to get the job done for us, but let's let's look at the rest of the top thirty squad, or at least let's spend a bit of time um, looking at the squad that we've got. Aside from Adam Clune, has anyone else really joined? The, I can't think of too many. Have there been any other big names that have that no, have joined the Knights no, in the offseason? No, I'm I'm pretty sure. I was like, oh, hang on. Sorry, there is this. Um, there's this Queensland centre played for the Rabbitohs. D- oh, 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 Dan Gagai. Dan Gagai. Did you know that Dan Gagai joined the Knights over the off season? South, South Sydney centre Dan Gagai. Yeah, played for Queensland a few times as well. Because you'd be forgiven for thinking that he had it in fact joined the club, given the fact that it has gotten next to no coverage. Bredo, Dane has come home. So we had Joey coming home, and Dane himself has said he's come home. And he's come home to deliver a premiership. How good is it? It's glorious. Like Dane is obviously a divisive figure from his time previously at the club. Yep. But none of that was Dane. Dane was the standout in a very, very, very ordinary side. It's like people forget that week in, week out, he was literally our not only our best player, but some weeks our only good player. And he was getting no rewards for it. He was getting yeah. rep jerseys, but yeah, he was getting he could, no he could, he could wins for score, it. He could barely score a try. Yeah. You know, and people would mock him and say, you know, he runs the ball and beats 10 bucks and goes nowhere. Well, he did that at South too, but they'd also have a good player running off his hip for him to put into a hole. That's right. That's right. Bretto, I, I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying this. You and I were starting to hear some whispers um, that all the Knights needed to do was make an offer. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you know, you know this. I've been on this bandwagon for two years. I had no doubt at all. Yeah, Dane would be back. Yeah, why were you so sure? Because two, well, two reasons. He never wanted to leave Newcastle in the first place. Yep. He left for obviously to further his career, and yep. because South with their indigenous connection and GI, the offer was too good to refuse, and a lot more money than we were going to give him. Yeah. And the other one was it just felt right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he'd gone through that shitty period with us. He'd put up with all that. You know, South were probably ready to move on away from him because they got a few good young outside backs to come, to come through. Mm-hmm. We needed desperately a versatile, experienced centre. Yep. It just it just was too perfect. Yep. You sort of feel like it. It's just a case of unfinished business for Dane. Oh, absolutely. He's, he he yep. wanted to come back, and I'd sort of. Uh, I like to think that uh, KP would have gotten in his ear in a in, yep. in a couple of Origin camps and saying, "Hey, we're building something." If you want to come home, now's the time to do it and uh, and be a part of it. And the great thing about Dane that's always been the case with Dane was everyone was, well, Dane's going to take Brabham's best centre spot and make Brabham move. And Dane's like, no, I'm not. 
you know, I'm I'm happy to play either side. Yeah. Brad Bradman's in the team. He's got his spot in. The, he's got his spot. Yep. That's where he plays. I'm happy to go to the other side. Whereas a lot of you know, guys of his experience and you know his career would go well. The kid can move. Who cares? Mm. Not yeah. Dane, right? And Dane Dane's always put the Knights first, and you know you can't you can't fault that. Let's talk a little bit more about our backline stocks. Um, uh, the player that I'm probably and I've probably been on this guy for a couple of years now. Um, Bailey Hodgson. Are we going to see him get a run in first grade this year? I think we will. I think he'll be the backup fullback. I don't think that'll be Tex anymore. I think Tex will be a backup half. Yep. I think Bailey will be the backup number one. But obviously, COVID's ruined his development. Development. So um, he might not be ready if KP goes down early in the season. But yeah. certainly by mid by mid season, I'd expect come Origin period, Bailey's the fullback. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. I want to talk about the, the player I think is the most underrated player in the in the squad. It's Heimel Hunt. I think Heimel Hunt gets raps. I don't think he gets enough of them. Uh, he barely makes a mistake, always scores for us, um, defensively sound, and people tend to forget that when he came to the club, you know, we weren't exactly on the up and up. He he took a punt on us as much as a lot of other players did, and uh, he wants to stay with us long, long term, and he's now made himself one of the first players picked every week for the uh, for first grade. Yeah, I, I think I think when the back line gets picked, I think Heimel's on the team sheet as quick as KP and Bradman are. Yeah, absolutely agreed. So, look, I think the I think the backs sort of pick themselves a little bit. Um, you did mention him earlier before, though. What do we want to expect from that um, that fine specimen, uh, Dom Young? Hasn't he built up over the summer? Yeah, mate. I'm I've never been this excited about a nice player. Really? No, I that. He has the physical tools I've never seen a player at our team have. He has oh. now. This is going to sound ridiculous, but he has English level physical tools. Oh my god! <laughs> he's, he's not, he's, but he's not GI. He hasn't played football. He hasn't played rugby league his whole life. Yeah. He has. He, he, he probably hasn't got anywhere near the talent GI has. Yep. But for pure physical specimen, speed, strength, size, he's got he's GI quality. That is, well, no. Pr- <laughs> I um and you know I, me, I love GI. I did not expect that. I did not see that coming. I so um so. Well, do you reckon he'll he'll be in the side sort of sooner rather than later, or is it just a case for him of wait your turn and make the best of it when it comes? Yeah, I, I think I think he'll start in reserve grade. Yep, and he'll eventually get picked. Then I don't think he'll ever hand that spot back. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it here first. The Bay Fifty Three fans are telling you. Uh, a star is about to be born, so uh, get on board early while you still can, mate. We, we've sort of spent a bit of time on the on the halves, on the backs. I'm sure we've forgotten a player here or there, but let's let's have a quick chat about our forwards. Um, we've look, we've got at least one of the top half forward packs in in the comp when they're all fit. Uh, what's the ceiling on the, on the the Safidis, Frizzell, um, um, and the you know? Where 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 can these forwards take this team? 
to the top. We've we've got I think we're one damaging edge back row away from having a top three forward back. Do you ex- do you expect a f- another sort of ready to go th- you know first grade forward to be announced? Um, because we still got a few spots left in our top. Yeah, 30, we, we still so. got, we still got, I think four spots. Barry said last time. So is that going to be a player that we announce? Yeah, I, I think the club still wants Lukey immediately. Yep. Whether we get him or not, I think we'll get him for next year for sure. I say um, Toa to Tigers, Leilua to Cowboys, Lukey to, to Knights. Yeah. Um, Kurt Mann. Let's mate. Let's let's talk about Kurt Mann. I'm I'm. I was probably one of the first that was too ready to be critical of Kurt when he probably didn't deserve it. Uh, I think he he's probably unfairly copping a rap on the back of the fact that he's not Connor Watson. As a lock, as a 14, I would rather have Kurt Mann in my team than sitting on an opposition bench. Correct. Correct. Yeah. He's To me, he's the ideal 14. Because yeah. he's happy to be the fourteen. Yeah, you know, Con- he didn't Connor want to be a. Honor is the perfect fourteen, but he doesn't want to be a fourteen. Yeah. Kurt, Kurt didn't Mann want to be can a do All those things Connor can do, not to the same level, but he can do all those things, and he's just happy to get run in first grade and trying his guts out. Kurt didn't want to be a centre. He didn't want to be a starting hooker. He didn't want to be a five eight. He did all of those things though. Um, but I, I'm absolutely with you. If he's given the role that he's suited to, which is you know, that, that sort of workhorse in the middle 13 or that 14 off the bench to, to add a little extra when we need it. I think he's the perfect um, uh, player for that role. I loved Connor. I missed Connor. I didn't want Connor to go. At the end of the day, Connor decided that he wanted to leave for less money and less years. That's, you know, that's what he wanted to do. Um, but if Connor's not going to – Connor gave what he gave to the club – I wish him all the best as well, but I, I, Kurt, I think, is more than adequate fill for the role that um, that Connor Watson was um, was filling for our club. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Kurt is ideal because he literally can play the entire field. Yeah, uh, he plays hooker. You can stick yeah. him on edge if you had to. Yeah, he's, he's obviously trained to be a lock this year. Yep, we've seen he can play the halves in a pinch. He can obviously play center. He can obviously play wing. He can obviously play fullback. How many guys can do all that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like that, that's your that's your fourteen. Injuries. That, that's your 14. If injuries to other players are kind to, to Kurt, this might be actually a breakout season for him and an opportunity to, you know, really show us um, what we what we all know that he can deliver. You are listening to the Bay Fifty Three podcast. Speaking of injuries, again. <laughs> Um, one of the things that the club was going to invest a lot of time and effort into and something they've probably done, um, gone quite hard on over the past few years is our centre of excellence, which is almost up and running or is up and running, I think. And the head of that centre of excellence is one Hayden Knowles. Premiership winning Hayden Knowles. Correct. Mate, this could be the best signing the club's had since probably BK. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I actually think he's he is the key off signing of the summer uh, in the NRL. Yeah. Yeah. He um he he fixes our biggest weakness, which is strength and conditioning. 
Yeah. And the, look, the funny thing is, is that, you know, the, the injury issues that the Knights have had over the last, you know, 35 years um, were no secret to anybody. But if Hayden didn't realise the enormity of the task uh, before the Jaden Braley injury, Hayden, welcome to Newcastle. So um, I think uh, I think there's a lot on his shoulders, but you know the man who was a part of a premiership winning team in um, or premiership winning club, sorry, in uh, Penrith, uh, as well as um, you know the success he's had with the New South Wales Blues, um, the Knights aren't going to do much better. No, no, he um, for Knights fans, jump on the Knights uh, HQ podcast. Yeah, listen to Frankie talk to Hayden Knowles about his career and what he's doing at the Knights and what he brings to the Knights, you can't help being impressed. I'll tell you what, one of the things I really loved about that podcast as well was um, he got the, he got the fire in my belly in terms of how much fire there is in KP's belly. Oh, right. I was, I was over the moon. You can remember I jumped straight in the chat room. Yeah. Listen, 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 listen. Yeah. And, and I think then, that's you know, and then um, and AAB said the same thing actually in the article today. Yeah, very much so. It, it's and again, it's one of the things that you sort of overlook with prominent players where it might look like it comes a bit easier. You know, your Andrew Johns, your Kalen Pongers, they're winners at the end of the day, and um, uh, they want to win. And I genuinely do believe it when Kalen Ponga says um, ad nauseum that he wants to deliver a premiership to uh, to Newcastle. I, I feel I believe when he believe it when he says that. The um the thing with the KPs and I've had a bit of a think about this the the whole he's got so many other interests you know he does he does his pod you know he's yep. got a million other interests okay fair enough people say that means he hasn't got time to put everything into football but he doesn't do the things that a lot of certainly plays back in the day did you know he he's not going to the pub you know he's not That's all right. the time out with his mates he hasn't got a family yet you know he all those things that took up time with that KP's the stuff KP does is a bit more public mm. whether it's in, whether it's putting stuff on his Insta or it's doing TikToks or it's you know doing ads or doing his pod it's all very visual so people think well KP's doing all these things what people don't appreciate about the oh, no, sorry what I, I retract that it's not people but one of the things that I don't think gets appreciated about the modern day 21st century rugby league player is that you know, they've been talking about it for years. Oh, these players have a limited earning capacity. You know, they've got a 10-year window to maximise their earning capacity. Well, what we've got is a star player on a long-term sort of Nike deal. Um, he's going to be earning a million-plus to play wherever he is next year. Um, he sees that. He knows that his earning potential is limited. And as you said, instead of going down to King Street until 3 a.m. Uh, every night, He's at home. It's like, well, how can I maximise this um, this earning potential I have at the moment, which is me, Kalen Ponga, and he's out there doing that. I do not begrudge him that for a second. I don't think it detracts from what he does for us on the field, and I hope may, long may it continue. You know, footy players did Lowe's ads and all that sort of stuff. KP yeah. just puts a picture on Insta with a hashtag of a company in there, and there's his money, mate. He's the uh, biggest, uh, the, the highest number of followers of any NRL player, uh, any I think any rugby league player uh, on Instagram. So um, yeah, he is. Um, He's he, a sexy, sexy man. Oh, absolutely. And look, uh, social media in general. How good have the Knights' uh, socials actually been of late? They did the uh, All In video release the other day, and um, yeah, there's something that they're doing at the moment that's just getting me very excited. Yeah, they've they've for, gone uh, all in on the hype, haven't they? 
Yeah, very much yeah, so. The, the, hot, the hype videos have really been the theme of this offseason, and I'm loving it. Yeah, and look, when it comes to – if anybody's going to listen to us long-term, if we're going to make it to our third episode, one thing you'll know about Bredo and I is that um, go hard or go home, that's generally our philosophy. Down the Bredo, we have gone well over time in terms of how long I thought we would go today, but um, – it's just so easy to talk about the Knights. It's so easy to talk about footy. And um, I definitely hope that we're able to do this again and more of it as the season goes. Um, but it's not just going to be us sort of sitting back, you know, giving our um, ill-informed opinions about all things Newcastle. There's going to be so much more that we are hoping to offer. Yeah, we're not – it's not just about – the podcast is not just about our opinions. It's about a vast – plethora of different different social medias different people on the pod different fans having to say you know vlogs the whole lot we just want to be all in for the nights this year hopefully people come along with the, for the ride with us so i think one of the things we said to big t when we were going to do this was we sort of said we want to capture that nights fan experience and there's there's no other roller coaster that comes close to the highs and lows of emotions you feel when you're supporting the Newcastle Knights. And um, part of that is obviously what we talk about on the on the podcast. No matter what the Knights do or where, how they play, there's always something to talk about. But being a part of it as well, you know, when you chant that, when that Newcastle chant goes up around the ground, when you're yeah. walking home after the game, after a loss, going, well, there goes my week. Yeah. Or, you know, the anticipation at the uh, the game beforehand, when you're at the pub and you've had that second schooner and you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it today. That, yeah. That's that's what we wanted to you share. Know, you're on, you're backed up in traffic on Newcastle Road, playing the song out the window with the flags. And that's it. Every other car's people their horns, mate. There's nothing like it. That's it. Um what I'm excited about this year, though, uh, is our uh, Player of the Year awards. We we wanted to – we think that we have a fairly good take on um, on the way the teams and the players generally go, one of our um, one of our chat group friends in particular. And uh, we are – I'm going to formally announce the uh, inaugural Robbie M Awards for um, for best, uh, best Knights Player of the Year. Who would Robbie M be? Uh, well, <laughs> depending on uh, how well you know the Knights or um, where uh, where it is that you're coming from, the, we've we've given two options in terms of who the uh, ward can be in honour of. Uh, the first one that probably comes to mind for a lot of people is um, two-time premiership winner and uh, rep fullback Robbie O'Davis. But uh, for the um, the more uh, sort of uh, intimate. Well, those with a more intimate knowledge or close-run uh, fans of the Knights, they'd probably uh, they'd probably find that reference to someone else. And and who would that be, Bredo? The great man, the moth, the one and only, the New South Wales Origin hooker, Robbie McCormack. Correct. So uh, there's no there's no better uh, there's th- this will be the highest honour that can be bestowed upon a, a Newcastle Knights player this year, and uh, and I hope they're all performing um, performing well to uh, to earn the inaugural one. There's only a, ever going to be a first one once. Other things that we want to do though, Bredo, we did. And we have to of- say the favourite preseason would have been Jalen Braley, I, I think, and he's out, he's out, so it's a wide open field this year. 
It's as open as it's ever been. Bredo, we did run out of time today. We wanted to talk a lot more about the NRLW. We are very excited about our NRLW team. We've been calling for it for years. We have it, um, but we are going to cover their games, the players, the squad as well over the next few weeks. Yeah, I, mate, I'm so pumped for NRLW. I've, I love the women's football. I love I love the game. I've, I've loved just following the teams. And let's face it, you know, St. George, Roosters, Brisbane, I don't like any of those teams, but I still loved it. Yep. To have our own, mate, it's going to be so good. Yep. And, um, look, we want to do a bit of local local league as well. We want to talk about the real NRL. We also want to follow the path of um, former uh, Knights player Zach Hosking, who has moved up to the QRL. We're hoping to touch base with him during the year and see how his adventure is going on up there. We've got all of the Thanks socials. the mighty Wyndham Seagulls. Correct. We've, we've got all the socials happening, Bretto. We've got the, we've got Instagram. We've got Twitter. We've got TikTok. We're on YouTube. It's going to be a big year. You know I'm excited about it. How excited are you? Um, yeah, bring on 2022. Mate, such, such a big year. It's the, the pod's exciting. The team's exciting. Joey's back. How good is it? It's it's great, mate. I'm I'm just going to take a breath, and um, I think yeah, I think we've probably reached a uh, a natural conclusion for um, the first one. So uh, yeah, how did you um, how have you found that so far? I thought I think we've managed to string a few thoughts together successfully. <laughs> Hopefully, some of us can hear it. Yeah, good um, uh, good luck editing it all together. Um, look, we. We did say at the beginning of the pod that um, we wanted to, or we were very thankful to to the Big T for giving this this opportunity. Um, but I guess we just want to reiterate it. You know, we're um, we're very excited by this. Um, we're very much in a place where we just think that there's so much good content out there by rugby league fans. We were just silly not to want to be a part of it and um, we're seeing some great stuff and this is a great opportunity for us to um to throw our hat in the ring as it were yeah big t's done some great things already with his sports bfs network hasn't he you know like he, he just it's it's bloody sensational mate like i was never really a podcast guy until the last couple of years yep and you know i've obviously listened to t's and the various ones he does and different ones around the around the traps but yeah T's up there with the, with the highest quality ones Bredo we're um, we're not doing this in isolation as well nor are we doing we're only leaning on the support of um, Big T uh, we have a sponsor and we do who's yeah. silly enough to give us money yeah oh, look um, <laughs> someone exceptionally silly so uh, yeah we um, we were very surprised as it were no we were very honoured when um, one of the um, night's major sponsors, uh, A Plus Contracting and Polywelding, uh, was happy to get on board and give us a bit of support. So that's a local business getting behind local um, content providers. And uh, yeah, A Plus Contracting and Polywelding for all your contracting and polywelding needs. Um, but yeah, like I said, he's um, he's backed us, he's invested in us, and. Uh, yeah, we'll see what comes of it. And you know, and he and he's as passionate about the Knights as any of us. You know, he, he puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah, he's a t- he's a top human being. And not just the Knights as well. All yeah, all rugby, rugby league. league. You know, he's, he's big in the local league. He, he runs a gala day of nines, raising money for autism every year. Yeah, you can't speak it highly enough of him and his company. 
Bredo, I think we'll leave it there. What can people what can people look forward to in our next episode though? We've got um, we've got two big topics coming up that we really want to cover. Well, let's, let's face it, the next episode is all about the great man. Very much so. My, my hero, your hero, our Lord and Saviour, yep. the man that has come down from heaven to grace us with his presence, the great Caleb Potter. We're going we're gonna to deconstruct Kalen when it comes to his role in the Newcastle Knights. And the other thing we really want to talk about as well is what's unfortunately for the third year running, probably still going to be the biggest story of the year, is COVID, the ongoing pandemic and its impact on the competition. And don't sleep on how big an issue that will be may decide the competition. Yeah, very much so. So, um, as I said, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, at Bay53Pod. Um, yeah, we have been your hosts. I'm the K-Dog. He is Bretto. I am Bretto Shank. You'll find me on Twitter too. He is Bretto Shank. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, guys. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.